Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. We have to my right, Teresa. And to my left, you got Sean. And today's episode is Season 5, Episode 8, Zande Spear. So our four contestants today, we had Jason, who was a 20-year uh, experience level uh, part-time forger. And he was actually my pick and Sean's pick for this one. Before you can get into the rest of them, we're telling you right off the bat. <laughs> right. We liked him right, right off the bat. Yep. Uh, next was Daniel. He was a full-time bladesmith, and he had been there for 15 years doing that. And he was an ex-military uh, personnel. Then we had Drew, who was a five-year experience level part-time. He was only 18 years old. And Teresa and myself both had him picked as our underdog for this particular episode. And then last was Larry, who is the old school guy, 15 years experience, part-time bladesmith, and that was Teresa's pick to win and Sean's underdog to win. Yeah. So a varying set of picks here this right. week on this episode. And, you know, uh, the last few we've kind of all lined up on the underdog and had different picks, but it's all over the board here. Nobody picked the guy with the most right. experience. Like, well, well, full-time. full-time. The yes. most full-time experience, no right. No one picked Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. So the first part of this episode, they left it in the hands of Jane Nielsen to pick what the challenges were going to be. And he decided he wanted to do one of his favorite blades, the European Dagger. The specs on that were it had to be 10 inches to 12 inches long, an inch and a quarter wide. It had to have double edge and a ricasso near the base uh, that was three-quarter inches. And it had to also be a Damascus pattern, which, if you remember from other episodes where uh, we've talked about it, is multiple steel pieces that are forged together. And when it's finished, it has a particular pattern to it. Uh, but it's because there's two different types of steel uh, forge welded together when they're making their billets. So well, they, they gave him a lot of things to deal with. Yeah. Right. So now it's not make a blade of your own choice. It's you have to make this specific blade, which a couple of them have never made before. Right. And you have to do a Damascus. Which is not easy. It's definitely seems right. to be they, one they of gave the him a bunch of steel to pick from and said, Well have at it. You and know, it was just random it stuff. It was yeah. like all sorts of different stuff. Although but nobody picked the more difficult, yeah. None of the <laughs> difficult stuff. There was like there were some pretty straightforward pieces of metal there that they were able to just grab. Right. No one went with canister Damascus, where you just dump a bunch of crap in a canister and mm -hmm. you throw it in there. Right. No one did that. They all just did layered. It was funny that they still had some of the chain pieces from the train sprocket episode yeah. sitting there too. Well, like, who's well, going to use that? Who's going to use that? <laughs> Nobody wanted to use it the first time. I mean, they were forced to use it. Nobody's going to pick that chain. What the hell with that. <laughs> And so they went about their process again. It was interesting to see how Drew seemed to know more than the other guys right off the bat. He he took his metal right to the the sander and and ground off all the the extra scale and crap that was on there that needed to be uh, cleaned off before he could forge it. And immediately hurt himself. Yep, and immediately yeah. immediately took a little chunk off his finger there. We also had uh, one other fun fact. To be an ABS master smith, you actually need to make this particular type of dagger, I believe. It was a European dagger. 
uh, that they were making. And this is one of the things that you had to make to get that certification as an ABS master smith. So it was interesting to, to see that. And along the way throughout this particular challenge, Jay, he was going around giving advice to the contestants as they were working on their blades. And it was useful. It was actually cool to see that because that was the first time I've seen an episode where they've had somebody going out and actually talking to Absolutely, each Absolutely, yeah. Normally, and, they're like, they're doing their own things when they're all sitting at the table like, oh, don't do that. Oh, that's terrible. You don't know how much they're hearing that. Right. But sometimes they do, and they, they kind of, the contestants react to it, but they've never just gone out and given advice like that. But at the same time, he's like, you have to make this blade that I like. So it kind of makes sense that, that he would go in and help them out a little bit. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of how they preferenced it. You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, I'm going to help them because it's so, you know, specific. Right. So with that, he gave advice to everybody at one point through uh, the competition. He would talk to each person. Daniel was the only one that didn't really take the advice that was given to him. And uh, when it came down to the judging, everybody had some issues with their blade. Uh, Jason had a a twist in his blade from the, the quench. Um, and Drew also had like a warp in his blade from the quench. Daniel's was not the correct shape. It was more of a leaf shape, whereas it was supposed to be... Streamlined. Uh, yeah, more streamlined, yes. more straight. And he had almost like a curve at the base. Yeah, I got it going up. big, yeah. And then Larry just didn't have a Ricasso on his, which was grounds for immediate dismissal, and he ended up getting booted because he didn't have the Ricasso, which was required for... Cut a groove into a piece of brass. And he said, well, I do this at my forge. Like, I just use a knife, whatever got right next to me to pry opening. Takes his own blade. His competition blade. His competition <laughs> blade. And, he start, and then, ting, Breaks snaps the tip. the tip right off. Right off. What oh. are you doing? There's, he's in a shop with all sorts of tools. <laughs> it would have taken not even a minute to go find a, a pry a bar or something. Anything, just anything else. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Not a piece of hardened steel like that. <laughs> uh, so he got that in the grinder and he worked that yeah, out. He made a new tip. Uh, Daniel had his guard upside down. It's supposed to be an upswept guard. And so he uh, had to fix that. Now the he, judges are standing there staring at it, like waiting for him to figure right. this out. And he did. <laughs> like someone needs to tell him. And or he, he needs to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Now he welded it on, right? It, was that what happened? Uh, like, no, he soldered. It was soldered. He, it was soldered on. on. And so okay. he, couldn't he didn't take it off. it off. He just bent it back yeah. the other way. So it didn't look I mean, as good. But it and was then at one good. point they showed like the model, yeah. you know, dagger <laughs> like? versus his. And they weren't far apart. And it's just like, well, is he going to notice? And he did. So that was good. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, a little bit later, he ground a hole through his handle. So as he was trying to do the flutes, um, he got a little too far and ground it right down to the tank. Right down to the tank. Which the fluting aspect was something I found interesting. Like I didn't realize that they had that was just an option for knives or that would be a requirement that you had to have flutes around the outside of your handle. I guess that's just the style to go along right. with the European dagger. I had to do um, with the grip too. Well, yeah, it definitely would assist with the grip um, for that type of dagger, I guess. Um, but I just, I was, you know, I thought that was interesting to see how they did it. And 
you know, as he he was his looked the crappiest, I think Daniels out of all of them, and then he ended up grinding the hole through it, <laughs> right down to it. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, I I don't know when I was so as I was watching, I said, well, what are these guys going to do to make the flutes? You know how they know like the twist, and they were just kind of like they're freehanding it really yeah. on the grinder, they're just kind of grinding it. You know, I said what. I would have grabbed like some thin masking tape and just kind of tape my profile oh. into it, and then follow that. You were drawing it on, maybe just follow that. Like you know, think of it like a someone pinstriping a car. They mm-hmm. they lay it out, and then they that's how they do the paint. But well, you know, they didn't really show. I have to assume they had some sort of markings, but you don't know that for it, it, at least some of them look like it was just completely I, freehand. They might have just penciled it in or used some soapstone, just kind of. Yeah, just I feel like line. they would have had to have done something because some of those the flutes that they made came out really well, and it couldn't have like they're great, they're good knife makers, blade smiths, whatever you want to say here. But to make them that nicely, I think they had to have had some sort of marking or guidelines to go by as they were doing the. Well, grind. I mean, you can draw it on but it's still you you don't have like a straight line when you're drawing you can just your hand could wobble at any point if you got a piece of tape you can just draw yeah pull it across yeah but so you know that's what they did and yeah it kind of worked out yeah they all had the flutes when it came they had flutes drew just barely i guess it was like a quarter rotation yeah it was instead of all the way around it wasn't a good twist but they had them and then they all went to judging they all passed everything um, the strength test was an oil can stab, and um, you know they came out a little bit damaged, but everybody passed the oil can stab. Everybody passed the um, the fish test, which Doug was back for this at least left-handed to stab a fish, and he for all of them was able to slice it down, but not so great going across the back for really anybody. And yeah. in the end, it was Daniel that was eliminated because of the hole in the handle and significant chips in his blade. Right. I just want to say, Doug did a badass <laughs> fish stab, just right in and then down. Yeah. It was awesome looking. Yeah, he definitely knows how to use a knife. And I I, I don't know if I showed you the video, but I, just, I sent Sean a video the other day of Doug, and it was, a, it was a, an ad for these knives that he designed, and they're close combat concealable knives that are about yay long, and they have, like, a little finger hole in the end. They almost look like scissors. Yeah, they look like scissor blades, like tiny scissor blades, but then they have little sheaths that you could, like, conceal on your body. Like Wolverine? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and so in the video, he's, like, pulling them out and, like, flipping the thing around, and he's doing it. But the whole video is playing to the music from the Lost World Jurassic Park, like a piano <laughs> cover. <laughs> While he's like talking about his training, and then they have somebody that's representing him as a kid, like as a kid, I always loved to play with sharp objects. That's right. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then eventually, about halfway through the video, it cuts from Lost World and switches to heavy metal as he's doing his tests, and they're cutting through pig skin and everything else with these tiny little knives, and they look. Like awesome, like they definitely will kill. They will kill. It's like a scalpel, but it's just instead of a round point, it's just like, boom! It's just as crazy. Yeah, yeah. Point on. I'll have to show you the video. I think you would like it. (laughs) So moving on, we go to our round three. Round three. They have to make a Xander spear, 
And really all they say about it, you know, it's used in combat. It's a good throwing weapon, a good spearing weapon used in Central Africa. And um, the specs weren't too crazy, but it's a very long weapon. Um, they needed to have three tines on it, uh, three-inch tines, I'm sorry, four of them. And it needed to be a wooden shaft. That would be an inch and a half in diameter and um, a circular cross-section. Um, and not too much going on with Jason. He had to start over on day two because his spear was was short. And I think the – I don't know if he had a problem. Did he have a problem with his tines? Yeah, he did have a problem forming his tines. I think that's that's what the was short. The short. tines are too short. Yes, on that's ones. right. That's right. His tines are too short, so he had to start over. And then Drew, uh, during his – Four, it was after he did, was it after he quenched he pulled it out and then he had it on the log and it like fell and then a tine partially yeah. broke yeah so he had to start over and that was on day three um but they finished it up and then Jason was shaving a, a two by two board by hand to make it rounded for his handle and you know it looked like I, I admire his ability to kind of go for that and it was definitely not as smooth. Rustic. Yes. Yeah, it definitely had a handmade look to it. And uh, in general, I mean, I mean, I still believe he could have gone and just gotten something that was already matching the diameter he needed of that, of a nice strong wood that he could use for a shaft and saved himself a lot of trouble. Um, and, right, that would save some time. You know, I don't know what he would could have used that extra time for but you know with something like that you know why go through the trouble mm. but these guys they take pride in doing everything by hand so i guess that's you know just part of something that he was going for right so then it takes to testing day mm-hmm. and you had a note about jason's wardrobe <laughs> he showed up in this weird looking like leather looking smock that was borderline like a a dress, but he had pants on. But it just it was just it was very odd looking. It was a very odd choice for the big final test. You would think you'd want to look a little nicer considering, you know, Drew had been wearing his his finest um vest oh yeah, vest yeah, and tie. Right. We didn't mention Drew dressed up tie, vest. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's going after a Dave Baker look and you know, okay, but you know that I there's there's no way I was gonna pick him at all, underdog or, or <laughs> anything. So, you know, whatever. But dressing all snazzy for a forging show, okay, you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, we get to the kill test, which was uh, spearing a ballistics dummy. Um, I think it was Doug's brother this time. Yep, uh, doing the testing. And uh, both passed. Drew lost his tip on one of the stabs, but still, you know, still did some. They both did some great damage to Blissick's dummy. And uh, I think this is one I was saying that in the background you can see Doug during the test. He just got this crazy grin on his face. It was really awesome to to kind of watch. <laughs> so that was pretty uh, pretty I, funny. I feel like. There's a lot of times where you're not seeing Doug yeah. in the background, but he's he's almost always probably there 
slightly out of focus in the back. Just that's like, exactly how it was. He was just out of focus. <laughs> had his big grin on his face. Oh yeah. So he will yeah. kill. He <laughs> will kill. Kill that dummy. <laughs> um, and then it goes to the strength test. Uh, they loaded Drew's spear into this kind of modified air cannon. Goes down a tube, and then you launch it into the wall of like cut. You know, four by fours that we've seen before, and he passed his his spear went really deep. It went to the the second set of times. The second set of times, which is nuts. And he needed help from uh, who helped him like get it out of there. I forget. Oh, one of the judges did. I don't know yeah. if it was Didn't uh, he, did he a chisel or something to kind of. Dig yeah, it I out. think he was. Ah. Shit. Oh. <laughs> he, he was. Um, he put a wedge into the wood to keep the wood open so he can get grab the spear yeah. out. And then uh, it was Jason's turn, and well, guess what? That handle fiasco came to bite him in the ass because he couldn't load his spear into the cannon. It was too wide in some parts of the handle, and he couldn't load it in. So he got disqualified. Good job not measuring well enough. Like I said to these guys, make a jig and measure it and make sure it, it all the way down. It's just it's it had to be inch and a half. Inch and a half. Diameter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. Get a caliper and just run it all the way down. He's like, I measured it a bunch of times. <laughs> well, dude, you're fighting for ten grand and the title Forge and Fire champion. Do a better job next time. Try that out. Like, I mean, kudos <laughs> for, for going by hand on this thing, but seriously, man, like get it together and don't wear your weird smock. <laughs> <laughs> You blew it. You blew it. You absolutely blew it. Yeah. Now, I will say, I happened to stumble upon the Forge and Fire Facebook group this week, and because it was right, it was the week after this episode aired, I was looking through, and there was a lot of comments about this particular episode, and there were some people that were very upset that he got disqualified because it didn't fit in the machine. But, but he didn't meet a criteria. He, right. People get disqualified They, for they that told all the time. him how wide that handle had to be. Yeah, and he didn't meet it. He didn't meet what, it. What did you? What, what did they want him to do? What did they want them? Oh, um, go to, go over to the sander, sand it down for us, and make it fit. Yeah, well, obviously he screwed up. Yeah, he screwed up. I don't, they didn't really have much in the way of a solution. They just said that's stupid. If it doesn't fit in the machine, they could have figured something else out. But obviously, no, they couldn't no, have. They, they, they couldn't don't, have. Shouldn't have to though. That's the test. Right. Right. They, so they gave him a spec, and it didn't meet the spec. Yeah. So in the end, he was disqualified. Right. And Drew, the sharp dressed boy, won this episode and ten thousand dollars. And your underdog. That picks. was our underdog right. pick. So could have been yours if you didn't judge him by his clothes. Yeah, you know, I wonder <laughs> if we should have our point system be like two points for underdogs if they win or something like that. Because that'd be it. No, that might, no, if we actually start that. keeping track of the points and see who wins at the end of the season, that could be an interesting way to do well, it. Well, I mean, I wasn't just judging him on his clothes. <laughs> I mean, he's 18 years old. Yeah. He's five years old. You said you weren't going to part-time. pick him because he was wearing a vest. You he did, looked you a little too, too, but he was also very young. And I was like, all right, you know. But it seems like the young guys sometimes just pull it out. So it seems like a lot of the time the really young guys that are new to it almost tend to be more on the ball because all the information is so new to them that they remember it all. They know the different tests to check metal hardness or or the the specific things. Like what what he did was he went and he was cleaning off his metal beforehand. Like that should be second nature, right? 
for everybody, but almost all the time in these shows, people are not doing it. And then they end up having issues trying to do their forge weld because it's dirty. Right. And so during this episode, one guy's welds were coming apart because he wasn't cleaning them off. And so Nielsen, Jay Nielsen goes over and he says, you should clean those off and try it again. Yep. You know, he's like, just clean, grind them off and then try to forge weld again. You know, but Drew didn't, he went right for it. And the first thing they're saying was, wow, that's a great thing he's doing right there. He's cleaning off the steel before he forges, uh, forge balls it together. So, congratulations to Good you, job, Drew. Um, you, you nailed it. You got you got your money there, even if you didn't have to. Well, you actually, you passed the other test. It didn't really matter. I mean, would he have lost if Jason was able to shoot his out? You, we don't uh, know because his could have maybe broken during the test too. You, we'll never know. So, sorry, yeah, I mean, Jason. at that point, if, if the... You know, at that point, Drew's tip had broken off. So if Jason's didn't, have he would have had an advantage going yeah, in. Yeah, he, he would have won. So that's too bad. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, but good job. <laughs> you didn't screw up on the handle. Good job. And with that, we'll call it an episode. So that was that one, uh, season five, episode eight, Zande Spear. Thank you for watching the show. Remember to subscribe to the channel if you like Forged and Fire and our wrap-ups. Hopefully, as we do more of these, we'll get into more of a groove and, you know, you'll like what we do. Yeah, whatever. Maybe. Who knows? Like us, comment, not, subscribe, whatever. You know the deal. You know, I mean, it's cool. Let us know what you like, what you don't. And, uh, you know, starting very soon, the audio-only version of these will be available as podcasts as well. So keep an eye out for that if you prefer an audio version rather than watching a video. So again, thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>